0: Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the best podcast in the entire cosmos if you're looking to build sexual integrity in this hyper-sexualized time of ours. And today's episode is really good for anybody who would like to break free from a bad habit and create new, very intentional, healthy habits. Do you know anybody like that? Anybody who wants to break free from some crappy habit? And who wants some really amazing habit that's going to serve them well for the rest of their lives? No? Yes? Come on! Everybody needs that. So please listen to this. And again, take notes if you can. Uh, It helps a lot to absorb this information if you're not just zoned out. But if you're listening to this while you're jogging, I get it, I get it. Just try to listen to it a bunch. And from it, I really feel like you will get how much it benefits you to be intentional with your time and energy And even emotions because Sammy is interviewing a friend of ours named Kieran who is you know one of the forefathers of of High Noon he's been around a long time he's participated in a lot of our programs and now he's been a volunteer for quite some time as well he is doing really well in his life and it's not an accident so just understand that sexual integrity is not an accident it takes intentionality and Kieran is pretty much the king of intentionality if you really ask me So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's filled with a lot of golden nuggets. Enjoy. Hello, hello, ladies
1: and gentlemen. Welcome to the Love, Life & Legacy podcast. It's your boy, Sammy Uyama. I'm here with a very amazing guest, Kieran Calavan. I'll explain a a little bit about him in a minute, but let's say hi first. Hey, Kieran. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey Sammy, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, thank you for being here. I'm just—it's an honor to have you on the show. You are a superstar. It's—it's it's great to have you. Pleasure. And, Pleasure to be here. you guys are wondering why why is Kieran such a superstar, I want to know more about him. Let me tell you a little. Let me introduce Kieran Calvin, everybody. Uh, so Kieran, is someone that's been involved with High Noon for a number of years. Uh, he first came on as a participant, wanting to. Uh, have victory with his own sexual integrity and his own porn use in his life, and he excelled really quickly and and took the step of turning around and begin being someone that helps other people. So he's acted on our behalf as a facilitator, and then um, we there was a need for some back end support, and so Kieran took that on, and for a long time he's been helping organize our group support, and he's just been a really good behind the scenes a um, person that's allowed high noon to function and the gears to to what do you call it to grind the no, grind doesn't sound smooth at all but to, you know the gears to all work and everything to make that doesn't fall apart and so I'm really excited to bring him into the spotlight again and you guys can hear his story uh, so Karen, he's 28 years old is living in the bay San Francisco California he's working as, a, in, as operations, operations management for a consulting firm. And that's about as far as I can comprehend what he does, just really sophisticated and cool stuff. Um, so that's a little bit about him. And we want to bring him on the show because he's got a um, great story about his victory over pornography. So that's what we're going to talk about. Anything else you want to add about yourself, Karen? No, I'd say you did a fabulous job. All right. Well, you're a fabulous person, so it's the least I can do. So, uh, without much more preamble, um, now we'll do a little bit more preamble. Okay, so before we get into it, how about we go into what's what's uh, one exciting thing that's going on in your life? Just start start out with something to celebrate. What's something worth celebrating in your life, Karen?
2: Hmm. Well, I do make an effort to get some sun. I have a balcony right out my window, which is great. Um, I'd say last weekend I had my first ever social distance picnic with some friends. Uh Uh We're all sitting around on picnic blankets, you know, six feet apart, sharing some food, um, getting some sunlight. Um, that's something that I enjoy even, yeah, even in this time where, uh, many of us around the world are sheltering in place or asked to not leave our homes as often as we'd like, like to, um, great that you can still get out and see each other and even this I and mean, even you're in korea i'm here in the bay area that we can have zoom and these video conferencing technologies to stay in touch um i think that's something i've noticed more and more lately is relationships are only more important and there's like a greater depth and a greater weight to them because that's a lot of what we can lean on and rely on right now if we can't get out and about as much as we'd like to
1: mm. That is worth celebrating, but getting creative, finding a way to spend time with friends. that A social distancing picnic, that's just, I think that that's, that'd, I'd imagine you guys bringing the, the tape measure out and getting down to the inch, right? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't that picky, but yeah, we were careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for sharing that with us. Let's, let's celebrate that with Karen, everybody. He had a fantastic social distancing picnic last weekend with his friends. The matter at hand, we wanted to talk about porn and your experience with it. It's something that mm-hmm. in the high noon world, it's everyday conversations, what we do. But for a lot of people, I'm sure, like you know, it's not a discussed topic. And so we appreciate you coming on to share your story. And a lot of people will be really keen to listen in on this and you know behind closed doors. And so we'll just start out with... You know, you're someone that's dealt with and struggled with porn throughout your youth growing up, and um, we'll go through that that uh, phase of your life and, and up until today. So, let's start out with the, from the beginning how were you first in- introduced to porn and how it developed from there?
2: Got it, yeah. Um, I first stumbled across porn entirely on accident, I was in my family's living room, we were watching something on Food Network, and I remember trying to look up a recipe online, and I did an image search for this recipe because so I wanted to see, I think it was like a, a muffin, and there was a picture, was a pornographic image in that image search, and I remember very vividly, there was a feeling of like a bolt of lightning passing through my spine, like whoa, and I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that I really liked it, and I didn't say anything. I quickly closed out the window on the computer and I was just like amazed by what I'd stumbled across. Um, not knowing exactly what it was still, um, not knowing that that was pornography. I was hey, how old 12 were or 13 at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, uh, I think tail end of eighth grade going into freshman year of high school.
1: Wow. So you Up until that point, you had never seen anything like that before, All right? So you uh, did you know what you were looking at, or what was it like to see this? It was, yeah,
2: I, I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what you'd call it. Later, found out that that is what, when, at different camps, you know, the guys' night, mm-hmm. we talk about struggles and pornography. Um, that's where I learned that's what it was. Um, but, yeah, I just remember feeling incredibly... Um, incredibly ashamed at having seen it, but also like wanting more. Yeah. So I knew what they were doing. I just mm-hmm. didn't know that it was called porn. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Later, later, of course, found that out. Um, yeah. And it was a few months later then I discovered masturbation too. Mm-hmm. And then, so usually then those two are paired, right? You're going to do one, you're going to do the other. Um, and that was something all through high school that I struggled with and um, Freshman year of high school, I had a bout of depression, and that meant that I turned to pornography and masturbation um, habitually, so it became a habit, something I did when I was feeling low or um, oftentimes just to help me sleep. Um, I noticed um, it would help with anxiety or stress. When I felt anxious and stressed, those would be triggers for returning to pornography and acting out. Um, yeah, and it was high school already is a time where, as a, as a young person, uh, I was challenged a lot and didn't have a great sense of self or uh, belief in who I am, understanding my value. And I realized that my habit of pornography was something, too, that contributed to feeling less than I really am, um, really feeling ashamed of myself, feeling a lot of uh, like I failed as a person, um, just had an incredibly low sense of self-esteem, and uh, yeah, it wasn't something I was ever. Uh, it, it meant that I didn't feel I could be loved. Um, it meant that I felt like, you know, I'm. I don't have inherent value, um, and I didn't because I didn't believe that for myself. Right, I just felt unworthy, ashamed. Um, angry at myself for acting out and returning to porn habitually, but not, uh, not able to break free.
1: So I want to back up a little bit to understand this more uh, because kind of where, maybe if we, if you have an idea where that came from, I mean, cause high school boys. So, I mean, it's like so common to look at porn and it's, Mm-hmm. people would think it's weird that i mean you you ever felt bad that you're looking at porn and people would think that's weird like why why you why does that make you feel guilty so do you have any idea insight to where that came from and you just had you had this desire that it was something you didn't want to do but you ended up going back to it um so why weren't you like just everyone else in school
2: right um well yeah i was raised with a particular value system in my faith um My parents' relationship is one that I really admire and respect and uh, one that I wanted to emulate. And yeah, born and raised in in unification faith community, that was uh, an understanding that sex is sacred and that that relationship between a husband and wife is precious and my viewing pornography was um, counter to that, right? Um, I began to realize I would see women just for a collection of body parts and uh, not for who they were as people too. Um, so that meant I was viewing half the population as just an object, right, and not as a person. So that was something too, where you know there's a there's a there's an, a, a disconnect, right, in really being able to connect to women. Um, where when I was addicted to porn, it was just seeing them for for their body.
1: So you had this understanding of, or this ideal of sex that you wanted to aspire to, and you had this model that you had looked up to in your parents, and you wanted that, but then you, you kept coming back to this other thing, so that it was very discouraging for you, and you didn't like the way it made you treat women. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it just became something you relied on throughout these difficult years of high school. And you you said that mm-hmm. you uh, were, had a bout of depression and anxiety. Uh, what was causing, what was that? Was it about something or is it just, was it like a, a circumstantial thing or was it a like biological thing? What was that? Mm,
2: yeah, it was circumstantial. Um, it was as simple as not making the freshman soccer team. I, I felt like I wanted to, to play soccer, be with my friends, join the team. Um, and I was cut in during tryouts and I took that really hard. And I think it was one of the first times I'd really failed at something. Um, so it, it uh, didn't go over well. And yeah, I was sad to, to not be able to be out there on the field and to be able to play with my friends. Um, so there's a few months there where I was really, yeah, quite low and depressed and, and sad, you know, and, and I would turn to a pornography. Uh, fortunately, it, later freshman year, I had a friend who talked me into playing tennis and found a great sport there and, and friends and community there. But, um, you know, that, that time definitely fueled the
1: habit and the addiction. So as it developed, how often did you find yourself viewing pornography and masturbating?
2: Yeah, in high school, it was something multiple times a week I would turn to. Um, sometimes almost daily, depending on ha- on what was happening. You know, if I had lots of exams and essays and stress, it would it would be something I would turn to daily. Um, yeah, and then I remember from an early age realizing that I had a problem, realizing that it was um, beyond my control, and wanting to stop, um, but not being able to or not feeling like I had the power to. You know, it just the pornography had this hold um that i couldn't shake
1: yeah i think that that for many people that if anything even just that feeling that you're not in control that's that's not a good experience for anything and right was
2: def- right was you just feel powerless kind of like.
1: mm-hmm. so then so this thing it progressed very quickly over i, I actually fairly late looking um discovering 12 13 i mean not not late pretty that's a typical age right but um could be much earlier and then we're just going I guess going into high school sounds late, right? But um, Mm -hmm. high school earlier, but anyway, and then during this, this time period, it escalated very quickly. And you said very early on, you realized you had a problem and you wanted to to do something. So what was that first experience where you were looking back at yourself and you thought, Oh, I I really should do something about this.
2: Yeah. I just remember being cognizant of of not being in control and realizing that that was, that was going to be a problem. Um, Beyond the shame and, and you know self loathing I had, um, it was realizing that I, I this is out of control, and there's doesn't feel there's anything I can do about it. Um, you know, returning to camps each summer or winter workshops where this would come up in the in the guys nights. Um, it was something that was discussed and brought up and talked about, but there wasn't anything uh, anything more than essentially being told this is something you shouldn't do. And so I knew that, but it also didn't feel like there's
1: anything I could do about it. So then you woke up one day and realized you didn't want to look at porn anymore. So you stopped and lived happily ever after. That's
2: (laughs) I wish it were that easy.
1: Uh Yeah. So tell us about your, your turning point. And did you, you had many false starts I mean, it sounds like you, you said you went to camp every year and it was like a reignition of desire, but then you would return the next year and have to repeat that inspiration again and again. Right. And so many false starts. Mm-hmm. And what, what were the some, did you, was it like two steps forward, one step back? You slowly were, found your, yourself moving forward or you just kept going in circles for a number of years?
2: Yeah, through through high school, I was definitely going, going in a circle. Um, it's not happening post high school, I took a gap year. And during that time, was able to talk with my parents, share with them. Uh, I remember specifically like my mom driving and asking and um, she was smart to have me drive. And as I was driving, sharing with her and just crying. And um, all I was left with really was a sense of relief. Like, okay, finally, like I can tell someone and have support. And she loved me even after I told her what I'd done. And uh, that meant a lot. It meant a lot to understand that this was just a part of who I am and what I'm doing. It's not truly who I am. Um, from there, it was a number of years of uh, tapering, I'll call it. Um, so it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I didn't stop cold turkey, but would say, okay, hey, can i limit how many times I'm going to do it this week. And then once every other week once every three weeks you know and it was a very slow process and it is sometimes it's two steps forward one step back um, but that was my approach to it I think as a as a student in college I studied <laughs> psychology and, and habits were something that really interested me and that was where I really began to see mm-hmm. that there's these loops and these cycles and there's ways to break that essentially um mm-hmm. usually it doesn't happen overnight but it's a slow and steady process of being disciplined
1: and accountable so
0: um
1: I wonder, yeah it was, it was another i want to dig into the this process it sounds like you're very methodical about it so you have a lot of good advice uh but i want to i want to step back to this experience with your mom that that sounded really pivotal so you said that you had this experience of of do you say relief or release? Release. Okay, yeah, so the really ex- relieving experience. Um, someone someone knowing, was telling your mom the first person that you'd ever con- confided about this?
2: First person in my family, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, well, I guess the, the person I was most afraid to share with, I think my brother knew before mm-hmm. then. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she was certainly the one that needed to hear it. And that I was afraid of her knowing, mm. um, but her response to it was just loving and understanding um so that that was where that sense of relief really came from mm. um, in that gap year program too you know as as guys as men, we would meet, and we did talk about this, and there was more support around it, some more support around it so there there was a the sense that you know I'm not alone in it. But I think for, for her to know and then my dad and to be able to talk to both of them about it um, was important for me just to feel like my parents understand where I'm at, what I'm struggling with, and then can offer help.
1: That's really beautiful. Yeah, just uh, yeah, anything like that, these, the people, especially your parents and your family, people you're most close to and would be the most afraid of them knowing something. And then she was embracing and loving towards you. On your part for sharing, having the courage to share, and then on her, her part for extending grace to you and welcoming you in with open arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, props to your mom. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Right. She was a great lady. So then you had this experience, and and into college you studied psychology and began to learn more of the science behind habits. And this was a key point for you, understanding the mechanics of how pornography use works just looking at it as a habit rather than this big monster that you're just having to suppress inside of you so what are the what are some things that helped you through that like uh maybe Mm -hmm. what what did you identify about your porn habit
2: yeah got it yeah so seeing it as seeing it as a habit uh an addiction or a habit um it's more makes it more manageable, could break it down into smaller pieces and recognize um when am I doing it? What am I feeling when I'm doing it? Um, where am I doing it? You know, um, what am I thinking about prior to, right? I started to become conscious of um these triggers essentially, and then routine behaviors humans, myself included, actually prefer routine and order. So I started to notice, yeah, I would do it in the evening before bed. I would do it alone by myself in my bedroom or in the restroom. Um, I would do it when I was feeling lonely or bored or tired, you know, and um, I just had to, yeah, it, it has to be, it meant that I was really confronting myself and looking at this and analyzing it. Um, it also meant that I could remove my own judgment of myself from it. So instead of really feeling like a terrible, horrible person who's never going to be able to overcome this, I was able to look at it kind of piece by piece and just recognize like, the behavior there. Um, there is a spiritual component, too. and I think there's, there's you know, a lot of work that you need to do for your, for your own like, well-being and heart, too. And that's certainly part of it. And that's where High Noon was incredible for me. Um, But even for myself to just be able to look at at the behavior and what I was doing um, was huge to be able to break it down and then feel like, okay, this is something I can Mm -hmm. chip away at and make progress in and overcome. Um, And that was guidance, too, my parents gave me as well. They're like, actually, you know, thank you for telling us. And we believe that this will only mean that you... Can be better right it's it's a, it's a lesson to learn in an area that can mean that my life can improve because I can do this intentionally mm. so that was that was important as well to keep that in mind, and just understanding like okay, I can actually leverage this it doesn 't have to mean like i 'm a terrible person I could mean I can actually be better
1: for it right wow. so you got scientific about looking around this the surrounding behaviors like what led up to it where were you what were you feeling prior and you began to see these patterns you do it in the evening do it when you're feeling lonely etc uh and so what did you do with this information
2: yeah well it meant that i needed to change my behavior and change those routines um largely it meant i went to bed earlier um i learned that i i'm better when i'm awake earlier and when I go to bed earlier, um, it meant intentionally spending time with people or calling people or, you know, doing what I needed to do to address the loneliness, right? Um, I started meditating, which was big for me too. Um, I used an app called Headspace and I started practicing mindfulness meditation. And I did that every day in the morning and the evening, just to ground myself and focus and then keep, keep this in mind, right? Like this is a goal, this is an intention I have, and a behavior I don't want to return to. So rather than just saying like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this porn habit, it actually had to be replaced by another habit that was better for me, that could serve me. Um, So meditation was a part of that exercise, going to bed earlier. Um, Diet actually was pretty pretty big too. Just learning that there was foods that I was eating that had my body feeling um, stressed or anxious or inflamed. Um, so it was kind of in retrospect, this was like a holistic approach to it in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. In the moment, it just felt like these were kind of pieces that came together along the way. Um, but I was fortunate, yeah, to have people I was connected to both at my work and in my faith community and, you know, from home and friends in high noon. Um, So it was a whole process of beginning to understand myself more and where I wanted to focus and also having a vision of like who I wanted to be, right? If I could see myself without a porn habit, then who am I, right? Who can I be, who I want to be? So some visualization too. Um and it came together that, yeah, it could create sobriety and then recovery in my life,
1: hearing what you just said is particularly it 's really cool for me, just knowing you personally and knowing that who you like the person that you are today, and hearing the how you intentionally built that for yourself uh, I would say what you know what you 're known for amongst your friends and your peers one one of the things you 're known for is how diligent you are about your routine your routines and about the foods that you put in your body and i mean if it, I, I think if people were to describe some things about kieran Calavan, it would be a few of those elements uh, amongst more more than mm-hmm. others that you're you know, going who else who in their 20s is going to bed at like 9 p.m right and waking up at five and yeah so it's pretty it's you weren't always like that but you're looking at your life and and also the, the other thing that you're well-known for is just your clarity for your life and that you are always, you always know the reason for why you're doing what you're doing and why something is a part of your life and where you're going towards. So these, these are things that people, many people would be very envious of. And that's just really cool to hear that um, these are things you built like habits and a part of your life that you built for yourself as a partly in response to you know, you're having this vision for your life and what are the things that would help it and also how to, um, break away from this, this porn habit of yours.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think the understanding that actually, because of the porn habit, I can be better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents said that from the beginning, and I think that was something I took to heart. And, um, yeah, I look back now too. I'm like, Oh, like what I, what I want 13 year old me to be you know, to stumble across porn? No, but like, am I in the end actually kind of grateful for it or can I have benefited from it? It's like, I absolutely have. I don't know, you know, I I would be a different person if I hadn't for better and worse. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, um, mm. it's caused the most suffering and challenge in my life, but it's also, I think created a lot of blessing and opportunity to grow. Mm. Um, so it's, it's been both sides.
1: You played the hand that you were dealt, as they say. Right? You made use of the situation you're in and used it as an opportunity. Mm. And then uh, the, I'm excited to hear about how High Noon played into all this. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this process you're going through and then, and then High Noon played a pivotal point. That's the most gratifying thing for me to be able to hear this evening.
2: Yeah, High Noon is remarkable in that um, there was really a community and a group of people that committed to having sexual integrity. Um, so that's more than just overcoming pornography. Overcoming pornography is a part of that. Um, but my experience with High Noon was uh, getting a call from Uncle David. And I think it was, you know, it was the first group to, to join and be a part of and a group of my peers to, to grow and learn from and together. Uh, was just understanding that, Yeah, to have sexual integrity, overcoming a porn habit is part of it. Um, But there was even more work there, too. Like, how can I grow and develop my heart and my mindset to be the best husband for my wife in the future, the best father to my kids in the future? And a lot of it had to do with working on myself and understanding my other habits, too, that were inhibiting that or limiting my potential. So there's certainly a focus on overcoming pornography, but there's more than that. It's, it's really becoming a whole person so that you can, or so that I could really be a whole person for whoever it is that I'm going to marry in the future. And I see that as the goal for High Noon is really just having those incredible blessed marriages um, that create incredible families that create an awesome world and a loving world. And that's the vision of the Unification Church, in my opinion, is is really loving families that, you know, that can be an example for the world. Um, there's a lot of pain that's caused in the family, but there's so much joy that can be experienced there. And many of us, unfortunately, haven't had the best families um, that we could. But um, you know, similar to this, I feel like one goal I have is to have a great family because that's something I can control and want to create. And it's going to be hard, but it's also going to be worth it. Um, yeah. So high noon, high noon was, was very much a part of keeping that vision alive and and giving me more and giving me tools and giving me a community brothers and men that I can talk to and share with and learn from and grow with. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was, big for me to understand like who I really want to be and how I can get there. Right. Um, I think in the past it maybe felt like, Oh, this would be, it would be a lot more uh, work or a lot more difficult. And high noon was just like fast track to being who I want to be and still remembering that there's always work to do. Right. Coming back to that.
1: Wow. That's really awesome. And you you went in as a a participant and then soon after you turned around and to help other people, you became a facilitator. What just like mm-hmm. briefly, what was that experience like for you?
2: Yeah, it's, for me, it's giving back, I right? That's, that's something I've felt as important in my life. There's, there's been a number of opportunities and experiences I've had where I've had an incredible breakthrough and then I've wanted to give back. And then was just a part of that. So there was a yeah group of young guys and another brother and I were, were co-mentors or facilitators for this group. And, um, to see them now, too, you know, this is a few years ago, so to see them now, too, a number of them are blessed and married and uh, it's that just that's it. That's the goal. It's, it's just incredibly exciting and wonderful to see that others have, have also turned around and become mentors, too. So it's just this group of support, you know, and, and men who really want to and, and women now, too, who really want to have support and then offer support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just see it
1: as like that's that's how we need to live, supporting and loving one another. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. I mean, because it's if anything, there's anything I'd wish people would take away from High Noon and and utilize. What we offer is that community that people can experience, and especially hearing from you, someone who was on track on your own, you're making a lot of effort and making progress, but then to experience having that jump-started by being a a community of like-minded men to support each other and and paint a really vivid picture of what you want for your future and how that was just like lighting Mm -hmm. fire under your butt yeah Mm -hmm. wow so then how does uh then yeah yeah one thing i want to emphasize is that you sharing all this you make it sound pretty straightforward and so you know people might be listening to this and think like oh It was just like smooth sailing for Kieran, but I mean, we're talking about like a 10 year process that we just covered in like 20 or 30 minutes or so that this is a long thing that you diligently have invested in for, for a long time.
2: Right. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's true. It's, I can only present it in this way because it's, you know, I have perspective on it and Mm -hmm. um, it's the process that I went through but it, yeah, it wasn't like this happened over a period of weeks or months. This was literally like 10 years. Um, so it's not, uh, yeah, not something that happens overnight. And it's also, there's certainly times where it doesn't feel clear. Um, but that's where I think high noon is incredible too. There's, there's a lot of clarity in the work that you do. And um, there's a lot of tools that, sure, you could learn on your own, but it's going to take you a lot longer. And then you're presented with it. You get to practice it. You get to live it, and and do it in your daily life. Um, and that's only going to mean that you spend less time suffering.
1: Where are you at? How how long you've been porn free? How long you've been masturbation? So I've been porn and masturbation free for over four and a half years. Um,
2: I'm at a point in my life now. Yeah, where I'm 28. I feel in my career, I'm really getting subtle, getting experience. Um, and personally, in my own life, I feel like a lot of my relationships are, it's like the most important thing to me, both with, with brothers and sisters, with men and women. Yeah, I'm in a matching process with a lovely young lady wow. and things are going very well. And at this point, we're committed and waiting to have a commitment ceremony. But mm-hmm. uh, current global circumstances make travel a little uh, difficult at the moment. So it's on hold. Uh, we're waiting. But uh, yeah, it's 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 just been an incredible, I want to say journey, but it's also not over, right? Like this is something mm-hmm. still that's like top of mind for me. And you wake up each day, like, mm-hmm. how am I going to live and who do I want to be? Right. And that again is where High Noon came in. It's like, you literally get to decide who you want to be and how you want to live um, and, and make that real, mm-hmm. you know, and have support around that too. And, and have, yeah, just, I think how we need, how we would live in the ideal is that loving support and compassionate support. Um, you're not bashed over the head and told you're a terrible person. It's like, okay, there's empathy and understanding. And then there's, okay, let's get to work, you know, and do the work and the work's not going to be easy, but it's totally going to be worth it.
1: I'm so glad we, we caught you at this point in your life to do this interview. It's, it's such so, a perfect transition that you're beginning this new stage of your life where you're going in this relationship. It's so exciting and awesome to hear that. And it's what you've been working for this whole time period of up your whole life as a single person. And this is what right. this is one area of many that you've been investing into, and one one in particularly important one. And uh so it's just it's perfect to catch you here in this moment. And just to look at how much you've prepared and how, how ready you are to go into that next phase. It's like uh, I did a podcast episode about this about showing up for the test, right? When when on test day, when you're sitting at your desk, and the different feeling you have when you put in the work and you studied, and you look at the you look down at mm-hmm. the paper and you know what, what's going on, versus you're just bsing your you're, you know you know that you're just gonna have to bs your way through it and just hope for the best. And those two very different feelings. And so you're definitely having a feeling of you put in the work and the test days come and you're ready for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say that five years ago, you know, that wouldn't be the case. So um, it's great to see that growth for myself. And it's also great to see that for, for other people too. And um, yeah, just again, the work that you guys are doing is, is huge and it's important. And I think this area is, um, one, you know, sexual integrity, I think is one area where when you invest into it, there's also other areas of your life that you see benefit from it as well. It's not just one, it's like one realm. Um, it affects other parts and places in your life too. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So how would you say that, um, particularly in regards to beginning your, in a matching process, beginning your relationship with someone, how the work you put into sexual integrity has, in, in hindsight, that work you did, how that's prepared you for what you're facing ahead?
2: Hmm. Um, that's a good question. It's been on my mind. as something I wanted to share, too. But this is it's something I would lead with, actually. Um, I've been in five matching processes now. Um, the first two, I wasn't aware of this. The last three, I was. And it was something that I would lead with. Like, hey, here's who I am here's what I value. Actually, this this process I'm in now, the first contact we had was I sent an email with 25 questions and my answers to those questions, you know, some fun questions and also some important questions. And then I also shared, hey, I struggled with pornography and masturbation. I want you to know that, you know, right off the bat, this is what she's getting. And if that's a deal breaker, I totally understand it. I absolutely respect it. And I've saved both of us some time. Um, so I would, I would encourage men or women, if this is something that they've struggled with to, to lead with that, you know, I think it's actually something that you can be proud of that you're working on. Um, uh, I know for myself, it meant that I became more emotionally intelligent and more aware of myself and how I was feeling and being able to share that, uh, to be vulnerable, um, to open up a bit more. I tend to be a pretty private person, but yeah, it just—it just, it just meant that uh, I can be more free to, yeah, really express who I am, what I've done, where I'm at, and what I want, um, and to make that more clear.
1: All right, well, I got it. So this, your ability to share honestly about yourself, and you didn't say it, I, so I'm not going to put the words in your mouth, but I, I think it's a good point to emphasize just. Even practically, I'm sure the way you view women has changed drastically after going from what you mentioned how you were in high school and the effect that that would have on when you're trying to have a partnership with a person and you' you're looking you know you're treating them as a human being not just like as i'm sure it's made an, an impact in that regard as well
2: oh yeah, absolutely yeah in, in high school i couldn't it had a hard time looking someone you know a woman in the eye you know, mm-hmm. and I just felt so ashamed and now it's like I want to get to know women and I want to especially get to know this, this young lady who will be my wife, you know, and be able to be the person who can really love her and support her and, you know, invest in her and, and cherish her.
1: And that is, I don't know, this is the best. Um, I'm, I, uh, I think that's all that I really wanted to, to check in with you about and happy for you to share. And it's great to have the whole picture of the, capturing this phase of your life of singlehood from beginnings of when you were introduced to porn to your four and a half years porn masturbation free and going into this amazing new relationship. The future is bright for you. And uh, for me, it's quite feels momentous to have this interview capturing this just you know, mm. months before you it's a, it's all official. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing Kieran. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, Kieran Caliban, Porn-free gentleman, porn-free human, four and a half years, 28 years old, let the record show it's it's possible, it is humanly possible for a male in his prime, his mid-20s, to abstain from porn and masturbation and to focus on developing himself and holding himself for this moment that Kieran is now preparing for, to give himself wholly and fully to a single person, his, his wife in the his future wife. It's a role model and a great example. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Sam.
0: I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all. If you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our Deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the, whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.